0: Oh yes, I'm Jeremy, and uh, <clears throat> I really, yeah, I didn't ever want to preach. I really uh, felt really awkward talking in front of people sometimes. Um, so much so, like I, I, even like praying sometimes is really hard in front of people. One time, some of you crew people might remember this, but I was leading at crew, and uh, I was praying, you know, strumming too, which is actually fairly difficult for me. and I'm like strumming and playing my guitar and I'm like praying. I'm like trying to say something really like Christian. <laughs> and I'm praying and uh, and then it just, something just hits me where it just stops my brain. And I'm praying and I'm saying something really, thin- I'm, I'm saying something really interesting probably or not. And then all of a sudden I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> and this actually happened and I just, Strumming. <laughs> they say in, like, in public speaking, if you like have these really good pauses, sometimes it's good. This one wasn't. And so I just... I seriously like just forgot everything what I was supposed to say. Carl, do you remember this? Uh, uh, yeah, Angie. So Angie remembers this. And, and I literally, I said, during the prayer, I said, uh, I, I lost it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I literally... I didn't even say amen. I don't think. I just stopped the prayer. So that happens. And it it might happen today. (sighs) 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 Okay, so, uh, yeah, I'm the worship pastor here, and I love being here. Um, I am... We were talking, actually, on Friday night at dinner about all of our jobs, and, like, around the table, like, a few people had, like, you know, four or five jobs, and I've had, like, 30. Like, I don't just do well with jobs. I just... I like to move. I like to do new things, but this has been, like, the one constant job that, like, the past six years, I've loved doing, and I love it even more now. Um, it's awesome to be able to spend my life with you. I feel like when I talk about Church Project, I just I get to say, like, it's just like my friend group grows and grows and grows. It's not even like a job. It's not even like a church, really. It's like just my friends keep getting larger, um, which brings me to what I'm going to talk about today. I'm super excited about it. I like never wanted to talk, like I said, and um, I was reading through Acts, not intending to talk, just to be a good Christian, because I knew we were going through acts and I, and I got to this passage, and I was like, Ah, oh, I believe that like that feels like me, um, and it was kind of cool because uh, normally like you have to uh, i, I don 't know if Aaron does this or if if you ever preached before like you 're like, man, I got to get this right before I speak on it, but I feel like this is just something natural to me, and maybe like that there, you will find that for you, and when you do find that, you should preach too because When it's natural, it's easier. Like, for some reason, I feel like I should be really nervous, but I wasn't because it was just like breathing, right? Like, it's just something that I get to talk about um, because I love it. So, um, what I'm going to talk to you uh, is about tribes, which is another way of saying community, uh, or the homies, or your peeps, or my dudes, or just living life together. That's what I'm going to talk to you about. So, have you heard the story of a Abednego, Abednego. Just Abednego, though, not his other two friends. Okay, um, Abednego, he grew up a Christian. He went to church, he prayed, he knew the scriptures, um, but he did this all alone. He had no community, he was just solo. He also was a very good worker. He worked hard, long hours, just by himself. And one day, finally, he caught the eye of the king. The king sees Abednego working. He sees a dedicated public servant and gives him the promotion of a lifetime. He promotes him to the administrator over the whole province of Babylon. And at this point, goes, hes on cloud nine and he's thinking, he's like, man, what could go wrong now? Until one day the king gets an idea. The king decides he's going to build an image out of gold, 90 foot high by 9 feet wide. He's like, it'll be huge. Just for reference, it would actually be the second tallest statue in America. It would be second to the Statue of Liberty. 14 feet higher than the third highest statue in America, which is the gold oil worker statue in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so he decides to build the statue and have the whole kingdom worship it. And if they don't worship it, he decides that he's going to throw them in a fiery furnace. So the the decree goes out, and Abednego hears it. And being that he grew up a Christian, there was this little check in his heart. Like, Abednego, you don't want to do this, do you? You don't actually have to do this. But then he thinks, yeah, but the king, this is the king we're talking about. He's my boss. He just gave me a raise. He's been good to me. He knows best, right? And there was no one there to answer him. So he just says, well, he's my leader. I guess I'll do it. And he gives in that easy. He worships the idol, and life goes on. And he works, and he worships, and he's never really the same. And no one ever hears this story. It never gets written down, and no one is inspired or changed. But thankfully, that's not actually how the story went. That wasn't a real story. I made that up. (laughs) Abednego had a tribe. He lived in community. You may not have heard of just Abednego, but you probably have heard of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Maybe. Okay. So turn your Bibles on. And go to Daniel 3, verse 1. I'm going to paraphrase most of these, so you could either believe me, Or read along. Um, So King Nebuchadnezzar made an image out of gold, 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. And he had the herald go out and loudly proclaim to everyone, as soon as you hear the music playing, you bow down and worship this huge gold image. Whoever doesn't fall down and worship will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace. And at that point, I just picture the three talking. And it kind of feels like me a little bit. They're like... Shadrach says something like, guys, that gold is pretty. And the king has done a lot for us. And then he gets this really cool idea, which is, this is me. He's like, we could just lay down and take a nap. And it'll look like we're worshiping the idol. (laughs) Because I'm kind of crafty. I get these weird ideas sometimes. And then Meshach says, no way, dude. We should just run. Run. We should, we should leave this job. It's not even fun anyway, which is partly me too. He's like, we should run. This job isn't even fun. We could go take those camels and get out of here. And then they both look to Abednego, who usually isn't me, but he's, the general, he's generally the voice of reason for the, for the group. And he just sits down, and he's just looking down. And then when he looks up, they, they like see it in his eye. They're like, uh-oh, we said something wrong. And he says, guys, we serve one God, and the king is not him, and the statue is not him. We've seen miracles, we've seen dreams answered, our lives have been spared. This is our chance to honor God. And then Shadrach and Meshach finally get it, and the tribes together, and they decide they're not worshiping the idol. They're just gonna stand there together. And then in verse 7, I'm actually gonna read this. I think it's in IV, so it might not be in your blue Bibles, but just you just push. There's a button on the top, and just push it, slide over to NIV. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the peoples, nations, and men of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And this is paraphrasing. At this time, some astrologers came forward and told the king, hey, there are some people that aren't quite listening. The trumpets and music started playing, and everyone is bowing, worshipping. But we looked up for a second, and we saw three men not bowing. Three men just just standing there. No, they were dancing. They were just enjoying the music, laughing, telling jokes. Everyone else had fallen down, and they're just, they just standing around, joking around as a tribe. So furious and super bummed, the king, who actually loves these guys, and it promoted them and actually like, has given them lots of honor. He calls for them. And he asks them, he says, guys, tell me it's not true. I just promoted you. You have amazing jobs. I like you. You're risking losing all that. And I'm going to burn you. You're going to die. You're not going to live. Just trying to give it to them. Just like let them know what's going on. And I love this part because they respond Together, I'm reading this word for word. They respond as a tribe. They say, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. And that obviously wasn't what the king thought he was going to hear. Because when you, like, when you are going to kill someone, they usually, do, they usually do what you say. <laughs> I think. So furiously, he orders the furnace be turned up seven times hotter. And he has them thrown in. In fact, the fire is so hot that the soldiers that he commanded to throw them in died throwing them in. So it was hot. So a little later, the king goes up to survey that everything was done properly, and these disobedient men are gone, which is weird. He looks in the fire, and I'm not sure what he was expecting to see. When your guards that throw the men into the fire die because they get too close, the three men inside of the fire probably are gone. But I feel like when he was looking in, he had a little faith too, like... He maybe didn't have his own faith yet, but he saw the faith of these, this tribe together, these three men, and he wanted it to be true. So he goes up with what I believe is expectation, and he looks into the furnace, and he sees four people in there, standing, just talking. <laughs> and he asks his men, he says, thinking he's a little crazy, he's like, do you guys see four men in there? And they confirm it. So he walks closer to the furnace, which is probably a miracle in itself because the men who, throw them, who threw the men died. So, so, so King Nebuchadnezzar, he walks forward closer to the furnace, and he calls out to them, calls them by name, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Like He gets it now. He says, come out. Come here. And they just walk on out. And he appraises them no burns. Their clothes are fine. Nothing. He doesn't even smell smoke. And he sees the one true God in them together as a tribe. And from there, King Nebuchadnezzar is changed forever. So here we are in verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember, this is the guy who just was telling people to worship a gold image of his likeness. And he sees three men come out of a fire. And he says, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's commands and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. He was very dramatic. (laughs) He, hey man, he went with it. And then at at the end of that, he says, for no other God can save that way. So this is what I hope you see here. Only three men. Three friends living in community, loving God, and enjoying life together changed the mind of a king who, in turn, changed the course of the nation. Like, if you read the rest of some of the rest of Daniel, like, King Nebuchadnezzar is changed. He does make some mistakes along the way, but like, he believes in God from that point. Three people, we were made to be together, we were made to be a tribe, we were made to live in community. The stories are always better when we're together. And the victories are always sweeter. The hard times aren't that hard. I mean, God gets way more glory when we're together, is what I believe. God loves it when we live our lives in community. And contrary to the story it could have been with just a Abednego, we see power in a tribe, power in community. There is a story. So I think back to when I lived in Gunnison. Aaron kind of just talked about it a little bit. But this was in, I think, 2009. My brother Jared, uh, our pastor Aaron... And I were we were all at the same church. Um, and that was, yeah, that was where church project kind of came uh, as an idea. And we had this little tribe, and we did lots of crazy things. We called it, we actually called it stupid stuff, which was kind of a weird thing to call it, because, like, any time we talked about it, people just thought we were, like, vandalizing things, or which sometimes maybe we were. Um, later, I renamed it Feats of Awesomeness because it's really what it was. So, one day, randomly, we took our beach cruiser bicycles. You know what those are? They're like the, the ones with the big wheels and the townies, people call them around here, I think. Uh, so, we took those and we rode 36 miles from Gunnison to Crested Butte uphill and on a dirt road. And I remember part of it like we couldn't even pedal, we had to walk next to them and, and push them up. And just a little side note about me, I am a whiner when it comes to long-distance things. I get really, really cranky, and my bike was not really working. And we had finally made it to the top, and I was so excited because, like, there was, like, a two-mile downhill. And I had to pedal going downhill (laughs) because my bike wasn't working properly. I was so angry. I was literally, like, I'm sure Jared and Aaron can remember, I was, like, screaming, like, I hate this. No joke. Uh, my wife and I ran together one time. That was it. Once. <laughs> we, I mean, it was bad. I was so mad. We made it about like a quarter of a mile. Uh, and then one day, our, our tribe I don't think I was a part of these meetings to decide these things, but uh, Jared, Aaron, and I, our little tribe decided to run a marathon. That was so dumb. I remember about 17 miles in, uh, I gave up. And Jared and Aaron just let me. They just kept running. I was mad at them because they were, like, joking around doing all these things, like uh, doing parkour while running a marathon. I was like, guys, stop messing around! I literally, I mean, that's probably how I sounded. I was like, guys, stop messing around. I've, I've, had, I've had enough of this. And... Uh, and they let me. And sometimes you have to do that in a tribe. Sometimes you have to let someone go. But you know what? I kept running. Well, I kept walk-ishing. I, there was a lady, literally, that, was, that was, it was speed walking, or even not even speed walking like this, passing me. I'm not kidding. I gained weight on that because... Uh, uh, have you ever heard of Uncrustables? They give you those at about every stop, and I was jamming those down. I seriously uh, was so full by the time I ended. But I thought I deserved nachos after, so I got those too. But the point about that is, tribes do weird stuff, and it's awesome. But also, you have to leave someone behind sometimes. They'll catch up. And if they see you running, which I didn't, they kind of took off, I never really saw them again. But I saw other people running, I caught up. I finished a marathon, so I did it. I will never do that again, and that's one—that's a promise I will keep. One of the best memories, though, of us doing stupid stuff was—I think—Aaron had the idea to memorize the Book of James in one week. I don't know why we did that in one week. That was weird. But uh, so for a week straight, I literally went crazy memorizing. Um, I practiced everywhere. I was, like, in the shower practicing. I mean, I would wake up immediately and be practicing. I would go to bed, like, literally practicing, like, like while I was falling asleep. And, uh, and I did it. I memorized it in one week. And I really think that that little, like, amount of time in Scripture changed my life. Um, that's a side note. It's so cool to memorize Scripture. It is, like, it... You think it's monotony, and then once it becomes in you, something weird happens, and it gets great. So um, that's good community, though. Doing weird, crazy bike rides, like running a marathon, memorizing scriptures, eating together. When you're faced with worshiping that idol alone, whether that be addiction, stress, like whatever problem, it's nearly impossible to turn down on your own. I mean, I know that. But when you face them together, as a tribe and community, you can win. You can defeat that. I have one more alternate narrative for you, and this one might sound familiar too. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David went to war. He went with his mighty men and conquered everywhere he set his foot. His tribe was there to hold him up when he was struggling. His tribe was there to remind him who he was and who his God was. Everything went amazing, and David remained a man after God's own heart with the help of his tribe. But it didn't go that way. In 2 Samuel 11, it actually says, In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem without his tribe. And we know how this ends. No tribe, no accountability. He sees a married woman, and no one to question this decision. No one to look in David's eye and ask him how he's doing. He not only commits adultery, but he then tries to hide it. And when he can't hide it, he murders. No tribe, no accountability. No light at the end of the tunnel when we're alone. We're really good at lying to ourselves when we're alone so easy to believe it. Like, I, do it I, I do that to myself regularly. But we were made to live in community. We weren't made to be alone. When Jesus lived on earth, we know that he had 12 men around him. He had a tribe. And I wonder if he didn't do that. If he just stayed alone and just went around preaching, just trying to expand his ministry or trying to make it on his own, like if the gospel would have even had the impact that it's had today. If the Son of God chose to surround himself with community, don't you think we should too? Like, if anyone could have done it on his own, it was Jesus. But he chose community. Which brings us to the passage in Acts. I want you to see more what happens when community is lived out the way God intended. So go to Acts 2.42-47 through 47 is what we're going to read. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. saved. So just a couple things I want to highlight. First, it's like crazy cause and effect. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's the gospel. I mean, we could call that church, house church, your, your personal time with God. And then they devoted themselves to the fellowship, which is one of my favorite parts. And we'll call that hanging out, spending time together, enjoying each other. And to the breaking of bread, which is my other favorite part, eating meals together. This is one of the things you've got to understand, is that everything is better with food. Jason, amen. That was my first amen, maybe, of my life. So one of my favorite parts of going to the world champion for four more hours Denver Broncos game (laughs) is eating food at the game. I will regularly skip a meal, so I'm starving by the time I get there, just so I can buy food, expensive food at the game. I don't know why. It's just awesome. So my dad and I do awesome things together. We went to the Super Bowl last year. The Broncos won, by the way, if you didn't know. (laughs) Yes. And one of my best memories from the trip was eating an In-N-Out burger right before the game. We walked, like, two miles to get there. It was awesome. Uh, Let's see here. A couple years ago, Britt and I really got into musicals. Um, We, like, went to Broadway. Like, we saw a bunch at Denver. and, and, And then we had seen a ton. And I was getting to the point where I was falling asleep a lot. And so we decided we were over them. And then one day, uh, we got a coupon in the mail, which I love coupons too. But it was for a dinner theater. And I told Britt about it. I was really excited about it. And she said, she had to remind me, like she always does. I have a really bad memory. So she had to remind me, we're over musicals. And I said, yeah, but there's food. (laughs) Everything is better with food. I'm serious. Okay, back back to the passage. And they also devoted themselves to prayer. So they prayed. So they devoted themselves to these things. And what did it do? Everyone was filled with awe. They ate well together, and everyone was amazed. They hung out well together, and everyone was amazed. They prayed together, and everyone was amazed. The world will be in awe of great community lived out. The world will be in awe of your tribe. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. So amazing things start happening when individuals who love Jesus on their own become a tribe with other individuals who love Jesus on their own. When we live in great community that glorifies God, like God actively responds. So the last thing I want to point out is verses 46 through 47. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God And enjoying the favor of all people. So they were just eating together with glad and sincere hearts, and they were praising God, and they were enjoying the favor of all people. Of all people. When community is lived out as God intended, not only does God respond, but people notice. They enjoyed the favor of all people. When we're a part of thriving tribes, the world has changed around us. So, are you convinced that you need to be in community yet? Hopefully. If you are convinced, I have a couple of easy steps. Today, you can invite someone to lunch. I always love being invited to lunch. <laughs> I do. I never was the new, like, so I, I've, been a, I, I've been a part of other churches, not working there, but like every time they got like a new guy, like everyone took him out to lunch. I've never been the new guy, so you could just pretend I'm the new guy. And get to know me and take me out to lunch. I like that. Uh, so share a meal with someone new. Everything is better with food. Just do something different than your norm or invite people into your norm. Britt and I get in that pattern all the time because like we love hanging out. We have the best time ever. But it seems like every time that we invite new people to do something with us or even do something different, we're always like, dang, that was fun. Like, we should do that again. We should go invite more people. Um, So push yourself. When summer comes around, invite all your neighbors to a barbecue. Not only is this a super fun thing to do, but you just created a block full of allies. I'm not kidding. Like, every time my garage door is open, like, I get, like, seven calls. And I shut it. So I'm a good neighbor, too. But they, like, watch out for your stuff. They look out for you. Um... It's just so good to know your neighbors. I think that's a really good thing that we can do as Christians, is just be really good neighbors. Um, we also have a simple first step here at Church Project. You could go to a house church. Truthfully, it took me a really long time to like these um, because I like to think that I'm introverted. I, and I am, right? And so are you probably, and that's probably your excuse. <clears throat> But it's hard to like house church sometimes because we're messy people, right? We're broken. Like, we don't have it all together. Like, some people are farther along, some people are farther back, and that's scary. So it took me a while to like house church because I like things my way. I like to feel safe. I like to say I'm an introvert. I like to think I'm better with only people I'm comfortable with now, but that's not how it's supposed to be. Like, how did I become comfortable with these people? Well, I did life together. I failed with them. We succeeded, we grew, we had fun. And you can't do that if you stay comfortable. So, but, and also, don't think you're going to go and everything's going to be perfectly exactly like community. Yay, we're all like hippies over here. Like, maybe not hippies. I don't know. That wasn't in my notes. I just made, I ad-libbed that. <laughs> but it won't be perfect because nothing ever is. Like, just go, be a part of the community, feed it. That's important. Be fed, not just food, and enjoy life. One other way that you can get involved in community, an easy way here. Can you sing? Can you play an instrument? Come be a part of our community, really. We need more musicians and things like that. So, Also, I buy you coffee sometimes. It's awesome. Um, do you like kids? Volunteer in Project Kids. Like, Be a part of that tribe. Do you like youth? Project Students. Go help with that. Do you like to set up things? Chad needs friends. (laughs) Just don't do life alone, right? Don't be like what what Abednego would have been on his own. Don't be like David on his own. Life is so much better together. When you fail, your friends are there to lift you up. When you succeed, celebrating is way more fun together. Okay, and there might be some of you that think that Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or any other social media that I'm not aware of can take the place of real relationships. It can't. I'm not saying that these are bad. I'm just saying that, like, if you get your community here, you're missing out. If you are not looking to the eyes of someone and them looking back at you in real life, you can't see the hurt, you can't see the joy, you can't see the excitement... You're not experiencing life. So I'm asking you just to push yourself. Please, Like just step outside and find a tribe and live how you were made to be. Let's pray. God, I thank you for my friends here. I thank you for my tribe. And I ask you to push us a little more. I ask you just to, to move us to, uh, to live in community, to enjoy community, to love community, to love the uncomfortable, to, to uh, run after that. Because life is so much better with my friends. Um, God, I pray that we would look like you in that too, that we would be great neighbors, that we would be great friends, um, and that we would just live life well. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for demonstrating what uh, living in community looks like. And thank you, yeah, thank you for living like that. In Jesus' name, amen.